December 25th, 2023. We're in Masechet If you count from the bottom of the Amud up, it's 14 lines up. Says the Gemara, second word on the line, Nos if you recall what the Mishnah was talking about is those who are obligated in Kriyat Shema and those who are exempt. And those who are, for an easiest way of stating it, most involved with the uh, transportation of the body and the burial are the ones who are exempt. Uh, the others are obligated. We'll deal with some of the specifics which we already mentioned in the Mishnah. It says the Gemara Tanur Rabbanan, the Beraita teaches the following additional law. En mosi'in etamet samuch You're not supposed to uh, begin the removal of the corpse for burial close to the time of Kiryat Shema. Now, what does it mean close to the time of Kiryat Shema? Tamidera Rabbeinu Yonan, back of the Gemara, suggests either it means within a half an hour, which is generally, for example, the beginning of the last chapter of Masechet Pesachim, Lo Yochal Adam Samuch Lemincha. We say that uh, means within a half an hour. Or alternatively, it means the amount of time that it would take in order to finish prior to the time of Kiryat Shema, meaning it should be done before Tehillat Ziman Kiryat Shema. Um, does this apply only in the morning or even in the evening? Uh, Rabbeinu Yonah on that issue as well deliberates, but assumes it applies also to Kiryat Shema Shel Arbit, which is generally speaking focused on burial in the morning as opposed to evening. Again, says the Beraita, in Kiryat Shema, V'im Hithilu, what if they already began? Now, they didn't do right. They weren't supposed to begin the removal because they should have realized we need to wait for Zeman Kiryat Shema, Se Kiryat Shema, and then do the transportation and burial. And Mafsikim, they don't stop. Why don't they stop the burial in order to say Kiryat Shema? Ha'osek ba'mitzvah, patum in mitzvah. We saw it in our Masech. You can by just seeing it? By just seeing the burial? By just seeing the dead body, aren't mm. you? You're thinking about the Onen or you're thinking about the Someone... people involved? People involved, but for people who are, you, you do it as early as possible, but you don't do it immediately. Keep in mind, in today's day and age, we wait until 10 o'clock so that there'll be a Hamon Am who come for the Hespedim. You're supposed to be Kabor Tikberenu on that day, um, but there's no obligation per se, although for Nivul Hamit, we try to do it, do it as early as later. possible. Over here, the idea is you have a mitzvah kiryat shema, which is going to be nidha mipene mitzvah kivurat tamet. We say start the kivurah later. You started the kivurah earlier, the burial. Haosek ba mitzvah patum la mitzvah. You're exempt now from that mitzvah. Says Gemara Ini. Is that really so? Are you really, if you start, are you really supposed to do as we just described? Vaharav Yosef apkuhu samuch lekiryat shema. Rav Yosef, after his death, they took him out, like Nafkamina, to take out Apkuhu, they took him out, Samuch Shema. Instead of waiting for the time of Kiryat Shema, either within the half an hour or just prior to with their calculations, making certain that they would have, they would be finished by Zman Kiryat Shema, they buried him. Answers the Gemara, Adam Hashuv Shane. Since Rav Yosef was an important, dignified, and even leader-positioned person, he, as a result, had different laws, and it was most significant that he get the priority with regards to the kabod. There are uh, several, doesn't need to be addressed right now, uh, circumstances where Adam Hashuv does have different halachot, specifically in the context of 
a burial and hispedim, even without getting into the specifics of hispedim in a bet Knesset. For an Adam Hashuv, we make an exception that we generally speak in I women that was for only others. Only if it was his bet Knesset, meaning the rabbi of a kahal. There's wow. longer conversation without addressing it right now. But again, it's an Adam Hashuv circumstance which which could apply to others. As says the Gemara onward. Again, those are continued words in the Mishnah that describe the distinction between those who are in front and behind with regards to who's still going to be involved in the burial process or not. But the Gemara will not specifically address those words. Tanura Banan, the Beraita, records other laws. Ha'oskim behesped. Those are involved in eulogizing the deceased person. If it's at the time that the body of the deceased person is mutal, is lying or placed lifnehim, in front of them. Sure. We'll have to define those words in a moment. A funeral is most easiest. In other words, you're in the same room. Nishmatim ehad ehad vekorin. Again, they need to say kiriyat shema. One goes out and says kiriyat shema, returns, and another one goes out and says kiriyat shema, etc. Again, hesped is not the same thing as the kivura. It's not envisioned by the hachamim as having the same mitzvah ta'aseh from the Torah status. As a result, each one, why don't they all go out at once? Kabot hamet. So you're trying to toe the line between, on the one hand, being mechabed, giving the proper honor to the body, with hespedim, with people there. At the same time, each person saying kiriyat shema. In contrast, en hamet muta lifnehem, and let's imagine that, as you just described, not in the same room, not in there doing hesped, shelo hamet, hen yoshevin vekorin, the people who would be there gathered for the hesped, but aren't mourners, are not onen, they're not the family member of the deceased, they go to the side and say, Kiryat Shema, and the individual who's a family member, whom we call an Onin, we started our Pedic talking about him, who can't be saying Kiryat Shema for one of two reasons at that time, sits on the side or sits and is Domim, he's silent. Rashi, uh, in the second to bottom line, uh, says Rashi, En hamet mutalifnehem, Rashi defines for us what does it mean the bodies in front of them or not. We've been defining in the same room or not. Says Rashi, Shehamet bebait aher. They must be dinotokan. Right? So the first interpretation is exactly as we had it. En hamet mutalifana, the body's not there, it's in a separate place, as opposed to met mutalifnehem. That's Rashi says, Vyesh mefarshim, a different interpretation, shenatun lisadaher. Met mutalifanav means it's right in front of you. Met enomutalifanav means it's on the side. In other words, in that situation, um, they can still say Kiryat Shema. They shouldn't be in front of him. There'd be a problem of La'eg La'rash. But as long as they're a Nishmatim they go to the side, that's permitted. What's with the two Lishonot in Rashi? Tzlach, Bihezkelanda, suggests that that's really addressing the Mahloket we saw in Dafyot Cheta Mudalif. Mahloket there between Rav Papa and Rav Asheh about how to define Mutalifanav. Is Mutalifanav just the obligation to bury? Or in which case, if there's an obligation to bury this individual, the uh, person who has a deceased ma- family member, even though the body is not in the house with them, the onen, they're going to be exempt. That's the first interpretation. Or is mutalifanav mamash? It needs to be in front. Otherwise, they're not considered an onen. That's the second interpretation in Rashi. Okay, back in the Beraita. So again, ha'oskim says the Beraita behespet. People who are involved and gathered for eulogy. Bizman shamet mutalifnehem. If the body is uh, in front of them, defined accordingly. One of the two interpretations. Nishmatim ehad ehad. 
Ad Vikorin, each one of them go out one by one to say Kiryat Shema. En Hamet Mutalif Nehem, if the body is not in front of them, quote unquote, no need to go one by one. Hen Yoshvin Vikorin, they can, again, provided that, according to the second interpretation of Rashi, they're not facing the dead person because of Lo'eg Larash inappropriate. Vikorin, Vuhu Yoshevidome. Continues the Beraitan, it says, Hem Omdim Umit Palili. They continue and they can say Amida as well. Why not? They should be. Vehu Omed, at that time, it's appropriate as he sees them getting up for Amida. It's appropriate for the Onin, for the person who lost the family member, who's beginning or hasn't begun yet the formal mourning, but is beginning it. Umatstik Alavetadin. He does what's called Sidukadin. He, so to speak, accepts the decree of Hakadosh Baruch Hu and says and, decri- and decries and mentioned. It's righteousness. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a Sadiq Bechomasa Ve'omer. And this is what he should say. Ribon Ha'olamim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the master of all universes, of the, of the entire universe. Harbe hatati lefanecha. I've sinned a lot in front of you. V'lo nifra'ata mimeni, ehad minne elith. And you haven't punished me even a thousandth of what I'm deserving. Uh, it should be your will that you should um, fill all the holes in your nation, meaning you should bring forth happy times. It's a way of the person attributing this circumstance to their own iniquities, their own wrongdoing. It's a person saying, I've sinned, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this was deservant to me for my wrongdoing. Kadosh Baruch Hu, you know something? I'm even thankful that you didn't punish me more. Can we please, going forward, rebuild that relationship? Says the Gemara, Amar Abaye, lo mi ba'ele le'inish le'memar ha'che. Says Abaye, lo mi ba'ele le'inish le'memar ha'che. A person should not say like this. It's inappropriate. Why so? De'amar bishim'on ben Lakish, v'chen tana mishemeder biyose, le'olam ha'iftah adam pivla satan. It's inappropriate for a person, so to speak, to open their mouth for the Satan, which means to say the description of this person as we had it a moment ago is, I'm in a situation where something bad has happened to me. Borei Olam, you know, so much worse could have happened. Oh, did you really say that? That's called being poteach pela satan. It's a fascinating thing. People assume superstition, not a part of our tradition. It's explicit here in the Gemara. The Gemara said, says, we are supposed to, Bishmon ben Lakish, or Beraitav Rabbi Yoseh, says you're supposed to be careful and sensitive with your wording so that you don't speak about potential negative or te- detrimental circumstances. Those are the words of the Gemara. The Gemara is clear that it's inappropriate. Now, again, you can attribute this to uh, a vast array of explanations. The most easy one is you generate a certain energy in existence when you speak negatively. It's not saying that HaKadosh Baruch Hu injects you with poison in that moment because you spoke wrongfully. It is describing that our words have a certain power in a metaphysical way, not only in affecting other people, as we generally will spe- speaking will say, in affecting existence. Is it part of the tishuva process to admit what you did and to? That's to admit I've done wrong, and I not don't to say I, to be here. I, those are okay. words that the statement is are inappropriate. Well, we say, say I have sinned very much. All the time we sinned. You're you're the the master, we're and we not, deserve so much nothing. more. Do we have at, such words? Look at what you do for us. We That's don't even all, deserve to be here. All beautiful. Do we have 
we have words of that sort. I mean, I don't if we do, sword, we have to check we it. If we do, like this that. is the question. You'll have this question. The question is, <laughs> how could and why would we be talking like that? Why do you say, I'm not deservant? Do we say, who am I? You're the greatest. And etc. is only describing who I am and how great you are. Not describing I deserve to be dead because of what I did wrong. But you'll have to check. We have to check that. Ve'amar Rav Yosef, my kar'ah, says Rav Yosef, I have a pasuk that seems to hint at the idea that when you speak inappropriately, or maybe appropriately, but you shouldn't be talking that way about how wrong you've done and how you're deservant of more, well, sometimes, uh, well, it'll be coming your way. Shine'emar, the words of Am Yisrael, of B'nai Yerushalayim, really, at the time of destruction in Sefer Yeshaya, are kim'at kistom hayinu. If not for HaKadosh Baruch Hu being there to help us, we would almost be like, and we almost were like, and we're deserving to be like, Sedom, absolute destruction. We're deserving of that. And then, what are the next, the next chapter, the next perik, Yeshaya's Hazon, his prophecy, what are the words afterwards of response? Ahadar Navi Sedom. He speaks to them as generals of Sedom. So to speak, you call yourself Sedom individuals? You think you did wrong like that? You're right. And as a result, we're going to see you like that. Rashba in She'elot Yeshubot Helek Aleph has in Siman Tafchet several ma'amarim, several statements of the rabbis, which hint at this idea or explicitly state this idea of Al-Tiftah Pela Satan. Again, oftentimes, People roll their eyes at this and say, not for me, it's not the way I accept it in my tradition. It's the Gemara. Any statements of the rabbis. You want to rationalize it, which in Mechah Kabod, the idea to say, the, to, the idea and the way to say it is, it's a, it's a reality in terms of energy that you've implanted into existence through your words, which are very significant in ways you can't imagine. Uh, the, uh, for example, Rashba cites uh, the Gemara in Masech Mo'ed Katan, Berit Keruta Lesfataim, so to speak, a covenant for the lips, ve'amru, and so forth. The Gemara says, about Yehuda, continues Rashbani, says, that's why the rabbis are fearful of being cursed. What's wrong with being cursed? It's his words. Who cares about his words? I'll do better. And that's why they're seeking berachot. It's an interesting statement of Rashba as well. We want beracha from others. What, are they magical? Are they uh, superhuman? Or alternatively, are they implanting in some way, with as part of existence, a certain positive energy? Again, simple in terms of our description, but... The Hachamim certainly are speaking like this. And then he quotes our Gemara, oh no, a different Gemara, Gemara Masech Berachot, the Gemara, the Gemara Masech Migilan Daftetvar, Altihi Birkatediot Kala Beinecha. Even if it's a simple tin who's giving you a Beracha, you should, you should appreciate it. Vimim Shachbeze Aharateva, Matazika Klela, Matawila Beracha, Yekalelu, Hem Avashem Ivarech. Says Rashba, if you're going to be overly naturalistic, well, what's the difference? Who cares about the Beracha or the Kalala? Kadosh Baruch Hu, or you will, will overdo it. The Amru, and now he cites our Gemara, Aliftah Adam Pivla Satan, Vehviuraya, Minakatub, our Gemara. Vegam, he concludes, Hachmeha Philosophim, Enam Yecholim, Litenta'am, Liskulot, Aniglot, Le'en Kol. He continues and he describes 
some, as he had it, some realities in existence that were once very difficult for scientists to wrap their head around, and in turn, philosophers as well. But his basic idea is, in this passage, and in appealing to the fact that the philosophers can't understand it, is by saying that the hachamim are describing a certain reality. You need to experience it to appreciate it. You can't prove it because it's metaphysical. It's not in the physical world. But the idea being our speech is a significant one. Our thoughts, our intentions go further than we imagine in the physical world as well. Says the Gemara onward, Kaviru atamet vehazeru. Uh, so the, the Mishnah described after the burial and they return if on the return to what's called the shura, where the people were greeting the mourner, if they're able to say kiriyat shema ulegomra, then they should do so. If not, don't do so. So again, I was just involved in the shoveling, and I'm making my way back where I see the mourner is going to be standing together with other people. If on the way from the burial hole to there, I can say all of kiriyat shema, do so. If not, the understanding, the simple interpretation of the Mishnah is you're able to begin and end Kiryat Shema. If that's what you're able to do, in. In dude, you do so. The implication is only if you're able to say from Shema until from the entirety of Kiryat Shema. Otherwise, don't begin. Just a Perik, just one of the chapters, just one Pasuk, don't do so. Udiminhu, we have a direct contradiction from the Beraita. The Beraita is dealing with the same case and says the op- absolute opposite. After the burial of the death, uh, of the dead person, of the deceased, they're then returning to the Shura. Period. The Beraita says even if you're able to say one chapter or one pasuk, one verse, well, it's a blatant contradiction. Answers the Gemara, not a difficulty. Indeed, that's what even our Mishnah meant. We were reading it maybe overly literal. Ligmor et kula, the entirety. It's not what it meant. What our Mishnah meant says, if from the t- place of burial to returning to the mourner and those who are gathered over there, what we call the, shir, the, the shura, afilu perik echadu, afilu pasuk echad, even if it's one chapter, one verse, until they get to the shura, the line of people assembled to uh, console the mourner, yatchilu. Then you start and you say even one pasuk or even one perik. Vim lav, and the Mishnah is telling us in turn, if you don't have time even for that, lo yatchilu, meaning if it's in such close proximity. Continues the Gemara and goes back again to our Mishnah. The Mishnah said, ha'omedim bashura. The Mishnah seemed to distinguish between those who are in the shura and seem to be a part of the consol- consolement and consolation of the mourner and those who are not. The Gemara and this Beraita, which it's going to cite, is going to pinpoint and refine for us exactly who is a part of, you know, so to speak, the consolers and who's not. Tanu Rabbanan, the Beraita, says the following, Shura haro'a penima peturav, she'ena ro'a penima Hayevit. The words of the, the Beraita are, the, it sounds like, the, the row of people who see inside, meaning the mourner, those are who are peturot. Those who don't are hayavot. The simple reading of Rashi, Rashi haro'e penima et halal hehehekev, those who see the open space in the middle, ahore shura ha-penimit, the simple words of Rashi are, outside of even the inner circle. Imagine it as follows. Here's the mourner, and there's people assembled around on both sides. 
Now, the people who are assembled on both sides clearly in the first row are Peturim from Kiriachima. They're involved in Yehuma Velim. What Rashi seems to be telling us is even those on the second row, as long as they can see between the bodies of the inner rows, they're also Peturim. And that's what Rashi seems to say, right? They see the Halala Ekev Ahore Shuraha Penimit, outside of that internal line. That's the simple reading of Rashi. Bah! Rabbi Yoel Sirkis, in his commentary to Tur, seems to understand uh, seems to understand that way. Taz, his son-in-law, Rabbi David Segel, disagrees and understands this differently, that the shura, is, uh, the, sh- the, the initial shura, the inner shura, is a straight line, where the mourner is a part of it. So we're really just describing the inner shura in Rashi, which is the mourner, surrounded by people in a straight line. And then you have a circle around them, or a semicircle on both sides around them. Those inner circles are pturot, and you don't exempt the outer circles as well. Again, in terms of practical ramification for us, not going to have much, but in terms of defining the words in the Gemara, significant. Shura haru apenima, says the Beraita, two lines from the top. Petura, veshenaru apenima, apenima means inside, hayevet. Concludes the Beraita, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Habayim mehamat ha'avel peturin, mehamat asman hayavin. Rabbi Yehuda distinguishes between people who are coming for consoling, in order to see and to speak to the mourners, and those who are alternatively, says Rashi, mehamat asman coming for themselves, velo mehamat kabod. They didn't come to honor, so why are they there? They're just there to take in the spectacle. Oh, there's a lot of people, uh, similar to what happens in this week's parasha. People came to see what's happening with Yaakov in this morning, just to see what's happening, that situation. Is Rabbi Yehuda coming to be lenient or stringent to approaches in Rabbeinu Yonah? How do you read both ways? Well, maybe he's saying that even if you're on the internal row, or the row that sees inside, you're still hayav, unless you're there to console. Or maybe he's saying, even if you're on the external shura, you're still patur, uh, provided that you're there, in order to be involved in the consoling, the nihum of the avil. And that's where this gemara, in terms of its specifics with regards to those who buried and their hayuv and petur from Kiryat Shema, it ends over here. The continued lines in the gemara are very significant and famous sugya. It's the sugya of kabod haberiot. And just a brief introduction, you might see just Two lines down from where we're learning, there's a pasuk that's cited. And we're just going to introduce this. It's a pasuk from Mishle, which says, En Pasuk says there's no wisdom, there's no intellect, there's no body of knowledge aside from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the implication in our Gemara, in a very famous back and forth through the sugya, will be mitzvot override any honor, any glory that you'll give to human beings. That's a very scary thought. It has many significant implications. But those are the words, to the extent that the famous example, which we'll begin with next time, is if a person is out in the marketplace realizing that they are wearing sha'atnez, what the Gemara calls kil'ayim, clothing which is forbidden them to wear, they have to make themselves naked even in a public marketplace. Why so? Kavod I'm supposed to have a certain honor for human beings and for others and for myself. And it's uh, the Pasuk and Mishle seems to be telling us HaKadosh Baruch Hu overrides in terms of my relationship and obedience and uh, fidelity to Him all else. We'll deal with the, with the ramifications and the specifics as we get there next time. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.